And I just want to be right in the middle of what God is doing. I want to be right there in the center of it. And I believe the message tonight that God has given me is to help us to understand our place and our position and what we are to do in order to be a part of this great revival that's going to bring in. And I'm telling you folks that we're going to see more people. I, I, the Lord just showed me that altars are going to be stained with tears of repentant tears and hearts that are turning to God and souls that are being saved. And there's going to be people being baptized on a weekly basis. There's people, it's just the kingdom of God is just going to advance in a mighty way. But you and I get to be a part of this. We actually are God's choice, uh, all of us who will believe and, and receive and do what God's called us to do around this world, we're going to be His choice in how He ushers in this end time revival. It's how He had planned it to be all along. And, <clears throat> and the great thing is, you and I just get to be a part of it. Amen? So I pray that, that the Lord would just, let's just pray. Lord, we just pray. God, help us. Take away any scales off of our eyes. Take any, any cotton out of our ears, Lord God, that we can see and hear what you are doing. We can see and hear what you are saying, Lord God. We want to be used by you, Lord. So we come, we make ourselves available. We are here, Lord, servants of the Most High God. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for what you're about to do. And Lord, now open our hearts to receive your word and instruction and our faith, Lord God. We know our faith is going to come by hearing and hearing the word of God. So our faith is coming to a whole nother level. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. And everybody just put your hands together. Put your hands together and scare the devil. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I've entitled this message, as, as the Lord gave it to me, as uh, Dagon has to fall. And I'm going to pluralize and say Dagons. The Dagons have to fall because Dagon is a false god. It was a powerful god, the god of gods uh, in, the, in the false deities. And let me tell you what, God dealt with him in a way that I believe he's going to show us tonight in how we need to deal with spirits because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We're wrestling against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. And here's what God showed me many years ago as we read through the Old Testament and we see how all of these warfare, all this warfare and the wars were fought and all these false gods were deified and, and temples were built unto them and battles were done in their name and so forth. And it's all just a physical you might would say, uh, display to us so we can understand how it works in the spirit realm. So now we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but what we see in the flesh and blood demonstration through the scripture is to show us how things are happening in the spirit realm and how we are to fight against those things because we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, to the pulling down of these strongholds. So we get the victory if we use what God has provided for us and we do what He has instructed us to do. So it's not something we're to be afraid of, but we do need to understand there is a warfare going on and that you and I are God's soldiers on the front line in, in how uh, we should handle these. So, so the Dagons must fall, and we're going to be looking in 1 Samuel chapter 5, 1 Samuel chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, and we see the enemy of God's people, the Philistines, here they are once again on the scene, and they saw that the source of uh, Israel's strength, they, they, they put it together, there's something about their God that's different than our God's. And there's something about that representation of their God that, that they say God gave them this box that carries His glory that, that gives them their source of power. So they were always trying to take it and steal it. And this time they got it and the Philistines took the ark of God and they brought it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Now I think it's neat to notice that Ebenezer in Hebrew means divine assistance and Ashdod means stronghold. So it's like they're attempting to bind up or lock away the glory of the Lord that brings divine assistance. They wanted to take that from Israel. They wanted to take it from the people of God and lock it up. And, and in a sense, just to disrespect 
the, the very presence of God and just put him in there in their own temple and claim him as one of their gods. They weren't going to worship him as their only God. They're just going to add him to the number. So they take him, the, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, from Ebenezer to Ashdod. And just like in the days of Samuel, we too live in difficult times. There is warfare in his day. There's warfare in our day. Anybody can attest to that. You know that the devil is still alive and the devil does bring battles against us in this day and age as well. And the spiritual Philistines of the 21st century desire to do nothing less today than to capture and silence the glory of the Lord. So we're seeing an Old Testament uh, physical demonstration of what the enemy wants to do today. He wants to capture and silence the glory of the Lord. He wants to silence truth. If you can't open your eyes and see this going on in society, then you really are an ostrich with your head in the sand. The enemy is trying to silence truth. He is trying to kill joy. The enemy is trying to murder peace and he is trying to bury hope and get people to feel like there is no way out. And the strategy is simple. Capture whatever carries God's presence. If we capture what carries God's presence and put it in a stronghold, lock it up, lock it down, then we're good to go. Take it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. But I'm here tonight on assignment from the Lord to remind you, as I remind myself, that while the threat to our faith is global and real, there is still good news. Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus still saves. Jesus still delivers. Jesus still heals. Jesus still baptizes with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And Jesus is coming back again. There's nothing the devil can do that will ever stop that. And while we live, we are in this great spiritual battle, but we must know that our hope is in the Lord. That we can't let what is happening to us get us to get our focus off of the God who is for us and to lose hope. We must understand we are in a spiritual battle. There's the spirit of Pharaoh is still alive, holding people captive and in bondage and in fear. The spirit of Goliath is still alive, mocking and intimidating the children of God. The spirit of Jezebel is still causing men and women to hide in caves and with sexual perversions and spirits of control and spirits of manipulation. It is happening every day all across this globe. There's still the spirit of Absalom that is alive, trying to divide families and break up homes and break up churches and break up relationships and the spirit of Herod is still trying to march forward to and kill our future and kill our hope and kill our vision and kill us with all kinds of things. Our youth taking them out with poverty and with drugs. The, the spirits are still alive. They are still working today. We are in a spiritual battle. And if we're going to see revival break out as the Lord so desires... We've got to get in the right place at the right time with the right mindset and we've got to engage in the way that God is instructing us to do. And part of that is for us not to hang our head in gloom and hang our head with doom. It is to realize that there is still great news that needs to be declared. That there is a spirit more powerful than all of these other spirits combined together. And we are here to declare today that this spirit is more powerful than the spirit of Pharaoh. And this spirit that I'm talking about tonight is more powerful than the spirit of Herod or Goliath or Absalom or Jezebel or any and all of them added together. And you know who this spirit is. It is the spirit, the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. We've got to wake up to that fact that we greater is He who is in us than he who is in the world. That it is not by might, it is not by power, but it is by my Spirit, says the Lord Almighty. We must know that so that we will man up and engage in the battle and not let the enemy come in with intimidation and cause us to silence the glory of the Lord and remove the presence of the Lord for Him to do what he so desires. The enemy, this earth was not created for him. It was created for you and me and for the glory of the Lord. And the glory will cover this earth as the water covers the sea and you and I are to usher in his glory. 
2 Corinthians 3 and 17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I declare tonight, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here at Christian Embassy. Right now, in every pew, in every seat, in every aisle, in every hallway in this building, on every acre of this property, we welcome you, Holy Spirit. Spirit of the living God, come, and where you are, there is freedom. Bring freedom. Sever the ties. Break off those strongholds that is holding and hindering and hurting anyone here tonight. He said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you. And if we're going to see an end-time revival where the glory of God ushers in the might and the power of God, we've got to be open to the Spirit of God. We need to say, yes, Holy Spirit, have your way. Amen? Amen. We need to rise up with what I call spiritual fortitude and prophetic courage. That's what I believe the Spirit of God is calling us to. We cannot be apathetic. We cannot be uh, just let things be as they are. We, We must rise up with spiritual fortitude. We must rise up with prophetic courage. And we must say, God, here am I. Use me. Here am I. Flow through me. Here am I. Do your work through me, Lord God. Because we need to rise up and we have to declare it, church. Not just Pastor Tim, all of us. We have to learn to declare to every narrative. We have to declare to every spirit that facilitates a platform in our lives that for every Pharaoh there is a Moses, that for every Goliath there is a David, that for every Jezebel there is a Elijah, for every Nebuchadnezzar there's a Daniel, for every Herod there is a Jesus, for every devil that rises up against you and me there is a mighty God who in and through his Holy Spirit is for us not against us, hallelujah we have to rise up with spiritual fortitude because the enemy as we see in 1 Samuel 5 wanted to capture that which carried the glory of God, he still is at work today trying to capture that which carries the glory of God the enemy wants to capture all things glorious Satan wants the glory. He wanted it in heaven. Didn't work out too well for him. He wants it on earth. And if you and I will be the church that Jesus has raised us up to be, it's not going to work out too well for him here on earth as well. But know this, Satan wants the glory. Hell wants your joy, your integrity, your peace. The enemy wants to steal that from you just as they stole the Ark of the Covenant from Israel and took it from Ebenezer to Ashdod. Please hear me tonight. I know I hear what the Spirit of God is saying and I am trying with all obedience to to speak what the Lord has deposited in my spirit. That there is a season of your life that you may be going through some stuff. The Lord says, my people have come under attack and and it has been so so, uh, subtle and so easy, they don't even realize it's like darkening the light in a room so slowly that you don't even realize you're adjusting to it it as it adjusts itself and you don't realize how dark it is. And there's spiritual influences that is trying to to steal the glory of God from you. And God is bringing a wake-up call tonight. And He's drawing our attention to an Old Testament story in the physical so we can understand what the enemy is trying to do in the spiritual in our lives. Please hear this, that this is not a re- to repeat some old cycle of repetition of the past that the Lord says, I'm bringing, I don't want to bring you in a cycle like the Israelites walked around the mountain for 40 years. He said, no. He says, I want to bring you through this, not just to escape, but to conquer. Because what happens, we are representing our covenant God, and we are His covenant representatives on earth. And just like David won against Goliath, they had this thing, a covenant representative from each side, each a uh, 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 tribe or each uh, country that was fighting in conflict, instead of everybody warring, they would take a covenant representative and say, you represent us. And the covenant is, if you win, we all win. But if you lose, we all lose. That's what we agree to. And Goliath was a covenant representative. And he was calling out for a covenant representative, somebody who would man up, somebody who would believe God, somebody who would trust God, who, somebody who, who knew God was stronger in and through them than Goliath was against them. And they were all fearful because they had lost their focus of the mightiness of God. 
And they'd lost their, their hunger and their thirst for righteousness. And they had not been drawing close to God. They'd been leaning on the, the arm of flesh. And they knew the arm of flesh could not deliver them against this covenant representative Goliath. But David was not leaning on the arm of the flesh. He was a little boy sent out into the uh, pasture land where there were lions and bears, and he had to learn to depend on God. And as he learned to depend on God, he drew closer and closer to God and wrote love songs to God, and wrote poems to God, wrote music to God. He's worshiping God. And then when a bear comes against him, even though the bear's more powerful than him, he taps into the power of God and he rescues the lamb from the bear. And the same he says he does with a lion. So now he's walking in divine confidence and he's weaker than any of those soldiers that are there. He's weaker, but yet he's stronger because he's leaning on God. And that's what we've got to learn to do tonight. We've got to learn that our strength comes from the Lord. Our help comes from the Lord. The miracle side of that which we need, the super that comes on the natural, God is ready to provide it. It is here. It is here. We've just got to learn how to tap into it. We've got to learn to take hold of it. We've got to learn to put our faith in God. And when David got there, he said, I'll be a covenant representative. And they're like, no, if you lose, then we all lose. He said, I'm not going to lose. He said, a bear came and I took care of the bear. And, and, and a lion came, I took care of the lion. And here you're trying to put me on the trusting the arm of the flesh by putting the, the king's uh, armor on me. I don't know how to fight with that. I know how to fight in the name of the Lord. He's trying to teach us something here. He says, man, the enemy can come with a sword and he can come with a shield and he can come with all of that. He says, but, but I'm going to go with what I, little I have, but I'm going in the name of the Lord. And he runs up to Goliath and you know the story. So God is saying that, that for you and me, we're not just going to escape, we're going to conquer. We're going to take the head off of the Goliath. The head representing the authority that the enemy says is he's bulking up against us. So we're not just going to go through something to get out of it. We're going to go through something to get into, I believe, a deeper place that God has for us. And we're not going to be driven by what's behind us. We're going to be driven by what's before us as we pursue the glory of God and His righteousness like never before as we move forward. Hallelujah. Your life is a gift from God. Let me tell you. And you've you got to understand that. You've got to believe that. And you've got to know that it cannot be stopped. You don't need to fear the enemy. You don't need to fear standing up and being courageous in the Lord. Your life is a gift from God and it cannot be stopped. Proverbs 23 and 18 tells us that there is surely a future hope for you and your hope will not be cut off. Your hope will not be cut off. God's got a life for you. You can't let the devil intimidate you and cause you to hide in the cave. You've got to come out and you've got to stand strong in the name of the Lord. So we're in this story, this physical story, to give us insight into the spirit realm of how Satan is working. And here in chapter 5, we see the Philistines have captured the Ark of the Covenant. This is the box that contains the glory of God. It was, the instructions on building it was given by God. It was so built in, in an order of how God had described it. They had placed within it the Ten Commandments. They had placed in it Aaron's rod that had budded. And they had placed in it a jar of manna. So inside of it was all covenant. It was all covenant. God is like, I'm a God of covenant. I am with you. And this, this here, I want you to forever be reminded that I am your righteousness, that I will fulfill all things in your life. But this has to be a covenant that is cut between us. Aaron's rod, if you remember, the 12 tribes were bickering and arguing who should be the, the lead in the priest. Uh, and, and they said, take a stick. God said, take them to take a stick. Each of them representing their tribe, place it there. And the one that miraculously buds overnight, a dead stick buds overnight. Let me tell you what, there's a miracle from God. Now, if God can cause a dead stick to bud and blossom overnight to show forth his will, guess what he can do in and through your life to show forth his glory through our lives? We need to trust, the God, trust God as a miracle working God. Not that we're, wow, when he does a miracle. We should, we should expect that. 
We should expect the miracle manifest of God. He said, put the manna in there so you'll be reminded for 40 years. I took care of you. I fed you from heaven every day, six days a week and enough for your seventh day to take. He says, I gave it unto you. He said, I'm a God of miracles. There's nothing too hard for me. Oh, that we would get that tonight, that God is a God of miracles and there is nothing too hard for him. There is nothing. Go ahead and just say that. God, there is nothing too hard for you. Say that out loud so you hear it with your own ears. God, there is nothing too hard for you. So here the Philistines are always trying to capture the glory of the God because if the people of God don't see the glory of God, then they, are, they don't feel like they have the authority of God. So here is what is happening. And they go and they place this box, this Ark of the Covenant, right next to their false god, Dagon. Just, just as though adding him to the number of gods that they have. Now, Dagon is a fish god. And, and uh, in, in a sense, he's half man. I kind of had a cartoonish picture. It's hard to find anything uh, that would properly denote it. But from the top half of him is man. And the bottom half of him is fish there. And you can see a symbol of evolution there. That spirit of evolution was even at work. That lie was trying to, we came out of the sea and we've evolved into man and so forth. He was the ancient Mesopotamian, Assyro, uh, Siri, uh, 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 Babylonian God, even the Canaanite God. He was like the chief God of all gods. He was, he was uh, Baal's father, they said. And the fish part of him is he controlled all of the harvest of the sea. And the man portion of him is he controlled all of the harvest of the earth. So if you wanted anything to eat and anything in life from the sea or from the earth, you needed Dagon to be uh, your God. You needed to worship him. He was worshipped as the fertility god. He was the chief national god, god of the Philistines. And, uh, and, and it was funny, when you look back and know this... When you go to the Assyrians, you remember Nineveh, the city there, they worshipped Dagon. They worshipped the God that was half fish from the sea. And when God sends them a revival, right? An evangelist comes to them, how? From the sea. You remember Jonah and the great big fish that swallowed him and spit him up on the shores of Nineveh? Their God was this God, Dagon, and here's an evangelist spit up by this great fish and tells them that Dagon is not the God. You're worshiping the false God. You better repent. The true God of heaven has sent me here. And there was a great revival that took place in Nineveh. We must understand that Satan is always trying to counterfeit and he's always trying to superimpose the glory of the Lord. But it's easy for God to superimpose the stupidity of the devil. All he needed is some willing people. I know, uh, I know, you know, some people weren't as willing throughout the scripture. And uh, Jonah got there through a hard way. But what we need to do is we need to line up and say, God, here, use me to usher in your glory and your power and your might and your word and your wisdom. I want to be used by you to be a part of this great end time revival that whether you like it or not, God's going to bring forth this revival because he said he is. But he is saying, I want you to be a participant of it. So they placed the Ark of the Covenant that held the presence and the glory of God right next to Dagon. Now, let me tell you why. That sounds like a lot of what's going on today. Today, we like to place that which is righteous right next to and equal to that which is false. There is so much watering down. There is so much uh, except anything this day and age. It seems like anything goes. Just add it to the, add it to the temple. It really doesn't matter. But let me tell you what, we put the prophetic right next to the pathetic. And I'm telling you what, God's not pleased with that. God is not happy with that. We know when they put the prophetic right next to the pathetic, what happened the next day, they go in and Dagon, the false god, this lie, this one that is defiled God, is now in front of the ark on his face. The Bible didn't say he just fell down. The Bible says he is turned around and he is prostrate before the Ark of the Covenant. While the box or the instrument that held the holy, that held the undefiled, which held the pure and the all-powerful presence of God is still standing, 
didn't have to move. It didn't have to flex a muscle. We know that the glory of God is that powerful. That if we can get the glory of God even in a false temple, the false gods are going to lay prostrate before Him and, and, and powerless before Him. So what we need in these situations in this earth and in society where the pathetic has been deified and lifted up and false gods are worshipped, we need to usher in the glory of the Lord. And the glory of the Lord, just this presence, will take care of the false powers that are erecting themselves against God. Here's a word for someone this evening that like the box that carried the glory of God, that you and I now carry His glory. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19, he says, Do you not know that your bodies, they are the temples of the Holy Spirit? Do you not know that? Do you not know that? Do you not realize that your body right now, you can clap your hands, pinch yourself. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God. You're not your own. Oh, that we now could be the Ark of the Covenant. We could be the box that carries the glory of the Lord wherever these false gods have erected themselves and set themselves up and you will see them fall. You will see them prostrate before the Lord. I'm here to tell you tonight, there is a holy presence on the inside of you. There is a promise of God on the inside of you. There is a purpose for life on the inside of you. And you may find yourself standing right next to a problem, right next to rebellion. You may find yourself standing right next to failure or pain or fear or despair or anxiety, right next to something that is mocking or occupying your space. And let me say it again that whatever Dagon, whatever he comes in with his mocking and his intimidating circumstances and all that he's trying to, to scare you and bully you with, I want you to know that the glory of the Lord in you uh, shall shine forth and the power of God may manifest through you in the name of Jesus. I am believing that in the name of Jesus that whatever is standing next to you trying to occupy your space, whatever antagonistic or con or antithesis or hostile or oppressive or adversarial thing that is standing next to you trying to intimidate you and take the glory of the Lord. I pray in the name of Jesus that Dagon will fall on his face uh, powerless in your life. I release that over you tonight. I release that over you tonight. That Dagon now shall not stand. It's not that he is coming now against you. He's coming against you full of the Holy Ghost. He's coming against you as an Ark of the Covenant. He's coming against you with the power and the glory and the presence of God representative here on this earth. I must say it again. Everything that the enemy has placed next to you must fall in the mighty name of Jesus. I don't know what it is and how intimidating it is, but do not let it put fear in your heart. Do not let it stir up any spirit of anxiety in your mind. You say, I know who I am and I know whose I am. And in Him I will stand and in Him I will declare and in Him I will prosper. I will triumph because my God has given me the victory. Hallelujah. I declare in the mighty name of Jesus everything that has been trying to occupy space around you that is not of God will fall prostrate before the Lord. Freeing you up. Freeing your family up. Freeing your home. Freeing your marriage. Freeing your children. Do you hear what I'm saying? Freeing your health up. These things try to bind you in these areas. Freeing your wealth up. I declare it to you tonight. Freeing up your ministry. Freeing up your city. Freeing up your calling. Freeing up your anointing. Freeing up your destiny. Freeing up your future. Let me declare it again tonight. In the name of Jesus, where the Son of God is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Hallelujah. Praise God. I say it's time for the anointed of the Lord to stand up and to shout praises of victory because we know whose we are, we know who we are, and we know that we're coming through this thing victorious. The anointed Joshua shows us that a shout of praise can bring down obstructing walls. Do you know that? Let that anointing be upon you tonight. 
Did you know the anointing of Gideon shows us that shouts of praise can bring down an opposing army? Let uh, that anointing be on us tonight. Did you know that the anointing of Paul and Silas shows us that shouts of praise can bring down prison bars and leg irons and chains in the name of Jesus? Did you not know that? Let that anointing be on you tonight. Did you not know that the anointing of a shepherd boy shows us that when the anointed stands up, Goliath has to fall. Let that anointing be on you tonight and let the Goliath fall in your presence. When an anointed prophet stands next to a hungry lion, the prophet always wins. When an anointed intercessors, they stand in a fiery furnace, let me tell you that the anointed intercessors always win. When the anointed lamb who died on a cross stands next to the serpent who deceived in the garden, the lamb always wins. So I'm here to decree and I'm here to declare and I'm here to release over you tonight and remind you that it doesn't matter what the enemy is trying to place next to you and trying to get into your space. If it does not coincide with your anointed divine purpose, then all you need to do is stand and let the glory of the Lord flow in and through you and put that vile, putrid thing down in Jesus' name. John tells us, we read in John 1 and 5 where it says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has overcome it. Where the light shines, the darkness is overcome. Every time light comes into darkness, darkness loses. And God is the light of the world and has called us to let His light shine through us so that we could be the light in the world so that the darkness loses. But we got to shine. We've got to shine in order to do that. Romans 8, 37, he said, Yet in all these things we're more than conquerors through Him who loved us. We've got to understand that as we go forward in the name of Jesus and we combat these forces and these spirits and these, these uh, uh, personalities and principalities that are trying to, to intimidate and hold back and stifle and, and lock away the glory of the Lord, that, that we know that God is, is going to cause us to not just conquer, but to be more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. And what I love about this story, it's almost like God is trying to really teach us how it works in the spirit realm in such a way we'll never be intimidated by any threat of the enemy. Because it's not only that Dagon fell, it's how he fell. He fell in front of, not he was placed beside, but now he's in front of laying face down which is a posture of submission, which is a posture of surrender, which is a posture of worship. Huh, how about that? God says, there's no other gods before me. You're not, you think I'm just going to share space with all of these things that say that they're God? Half man and half fish. Half fish. I know God said, how stupid is this? You're not going to put me beside this. This thing's going to bow down and worship me. That's what the presence of the glory of God will do. That's what the presence of the glory of God will do in your body. That's what the presence and the glory of God will do in your home, in your marriage, in your finances, in, in your neighborhood, in the place that you work, the school that you go to. Let me tell you what, we need to make sure that we are not hindering in any way the presence of the, and the glory of the Lord. Because where the presence and the glory of the Lord is, false gods have to even bow down and worship Him. Hallelujah. Reading Philippians 2 and 10, every knee shall bow. Every knee. Look what it says. Every knee, those in heaven, we, we, would, we would expect those to. Those on the earth, that's what we pray. But even those under the earth, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the what? Glory. To the glory. They're responding to the glory. Let me tell you what, the glory of God is what we need to usher in our lives. The glory of God is what we need seated here in the center of this church for the glory of God the Father. The psalmist said in Psalms 97 and 7, he said, Let all be put to shame who serve carved images, who post, boast of idols, Worship Him. Look at there. All you gods. He's like, if you're going to purport yourself to be a god, bow down. You're going to worship me too. Because I am God. 
Oh, that we would see that. We would have the confidence that David had. We'd have the confidence that Joshua had. We'd have the confidence that Gideon had. We'd have the confidence that Moses had. All that we could see that. If we could see that. He says in Psalms 95 and 6, he says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Hallelujah. So I want you to join me this evening and I want you to declare this with me. Let's, let's use our power of our tongue which can bring forth life or death or blessings or curses. Let, let them bring forth blessings and life. And let us declare this problem. I'm going to declare it. This problem will fall before Jesus. This problem will fall before Jesus my healer. This sin will fall before Jesus, my righteousness. This past will fall before Jesus, my future. This sorry, the sorrow will fall before Jesus, my joy. Hallelujah. This bondage, declare it, this bondage will fall before Jesus, my deliverer. This lack will fall before Jesus, my provider. This pain will fall before Jesus, my portion. We've got to learn to declare. We've got to learn to declare. And you see, we didn't call it my past or my sickness. We're not taking ownership of these things. They're bowing down. We're taking them out in the name of Jesus. So the next morning they come in and they, they see Dagon on his face on the ground, fallen before the presence and the glory of God in a prostrate, a worshiping, submitted uh, place. And, and uh, we see the ark is just standing strong. Let me tell you what, in the end of time, the Bible says the glory of the Lord, even in his word, he says when everything, even the moon starred and everything fall into the sea, the word of God will still stand. I'm telling you what God says about himself and his glory cannot be shaken. Oh, that we would get the confidence. Oh, that we would get a steel spine in our faith and trusting in all the promises of God. There's the ark still standing. There's Dagon down on his face. And what did they do to Dagon? They go and they pick the dummy up. No, no. They pick him up and they put him back in his place. Now I want you to see this. This is still what people do today. Come on now. Never do you read that the mighty spiritual forces of hell swept in and the power of almighty Satan restored Dagon to his rightful place. You don't see that. And the reason you don't see that is because people give power to the devil. Come on now. He's not as big and bad and powerful as you think he is. Sinful people like to resurrect what God crucifies and crucify what God resurrects. And that does not make sense, but it happens all the time. I've seen it in my 35 plus years of ministry that there are people who like uh, to go around picking up what God has cast down. Picking it up, playing with it, toying with it. It's like, what, are you nuts? If God casts it down, let it stay down. And if we're not careful, we will engage in this activity and not even realize what we're doing. But the Word of God is showing us you don't pick up what God has cast down. Picking up what God has defeated is, is calling it my sickness. When I hear people say, well, my diabetes or my heart disease or, or, or you know, I, I've been carrying around and fighting my whatever, cirrhosis of the liver, whatever, my, my. Don't pick it up. Don't claim it. It's not your disease. It's not your sickness. It's not your problem. It's not your weakness. Do you hear me? If God has taken it away, let it go. Let it go. Because God always replaces what he takes away with something better. So now you can say, Jesus is my healer. Jesus is my healing. Jesus is my deliverance. Jesus is my freedom. Jesus is my joy. If you want to claim, claim the glory and what the glory is provided in and through Jesus Christ. That Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my solution. It's not my problem. I cast my cares on the Lord because He cares for me. Now Jesus is my solution. Gee, this ain't my disease. By his stripes, I am healed. He sent his word, heal all my diseases. So I'm not carrying it anymore. It's not mine. I've cast it upon the Lord. I'm now claiming my healing. 
Come on now. We've got to be careful. If we don't go, back, go in and act like these dummies and pick up the dummy and put the thing right back there beside the presence of the Lord. The next day they go in again and they're shocked this time and even terrified and refuse to enter into the room because Dagon is now not all together. Well, let me just tell you, the enemy doesn't have it all together. He doesn't. His head was taken off. His hands were broken off. And there was nothing but his torso prostrate there before the Ark of the Covenant, before the glory of God. And at the threshold to enter were the broken up hands and the broken up head of Dagon. So they wouldn't even step in. They wouldn't even move in. When they saw that head gone, that seat of authority and wisdom has been removed. Remember what David did to Goliath? He took off his head. That authority and that wisdom has been taken off. Let me tell you what, the enemy doesn't have the authority. The enemy doesn't have wisdom. And God has given us the authority over all the power of the enemy. And he by no means shall harm us, the Bible says. We just need to exercise that authority. And his hands were broken off, which are instruments of action. And it's like the presence and glory of God has even broken off the hands of the enemy. His action has been ceased in your life. Somebody say, I receive that in Jesus' name. So Samuel says, even unto this day, they have not entered that room because of the hands and the feet of Dagon that God's presence and glory had, had ripped from that, that, that deformed torso of a man and a fish coming together and cast at the threshold of the entrance of that place that they had him. Let me tell you what, we're in a fight, my friends. God has given us battle after battle, blood and guts throughout the Old Testament to try and teach us of the blood and the guts and the warfare that is going on in the spiritual realm so that we don't sit by as, as lambs or sit by as, as uh, so naive and just think, it, you know, if God wants it, it'll happen. If God doesn't want it, it won't happen. God said, I put you here. I have given you instruments. I've given you weapons of warfare. I've given you instruction. I've given you my spirit. And I've called you to fight. I've called you to fight the good fight of faith. It's a fight of faith. We're in a battle, my friends. And the enemy does not play fair. Amen? And as Paul said, he fought this good fight of faith. We've got to end our life by saying, I fought the good fight of faith as well. So our faith needs to be strengthened. And the word of God says strengthens our faith. So I preach the word so our faith can be strengthened. And, and we, need to be, we need to be called upon. We need to be challenged. We need to be instructed. We need to be edified. We need to work out. We need to get our marching orders. And we need to do what God has called us to do. Our faith stands measured not by what uh, happens when heaven falls on us. Our faith stands measured rather by what comes against us. Look at that. Our faith stands measured not by what we do when heaven falls on us, but rather by what we do when hell comes against us. It's easy to say, I have faith when everything is peaceful. There's no wind and there's no waves and you're just out for a nice sail on the day. But when the storm comes up against you and you can't sleep in the boat because you're now letting fear come in, you wake Jesus up. Jesus will show you the authority and power and how to operate it. And then he'll rebuke you of having little faith. And that little faith means you had a winded faith. You had a faith that had a great start, but you got winded really fast. It was, didn't last very long. And I, I want you to come up out of this congregation not walking on water going home, but to continue to walk in the authority and the power of God when hell comes against you because let me tell you what, the Philistines are going to go. They're going to try and capture the glory of God in your life and they're going to come and put Dagon right beside you and try to get the works of hell in and through your home and your life. And you've got you to let the glory of God manifest in circumstances like that. You gotta like say, no, this is not. I'm not allowing this. I'm not putting up with this. You're gonna bring sickness in my body. Sickness has got to bow. It's got to bow before the glory and the presence of the Lord. You're trying to bring poverty into my body. No, you spirit of poverty, you gotta bow before the presence of the Lord. God said He's gonna have no other gods. You don't bring your authority, you're not gonna bring your, your deity in here. Because I've, I've sold out to Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior, and I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I am now the temple of the Holy Ghost. I am God's plan in the 21st century to usher in His glory and His anointing. 
In, in this day and age, he had a gold box. And he said that's where the uh, cherubim were, were looking over this empty spot with their wings spread out. And it's kind of uh, uh, showing to us, what, uh, denoting for us what is happening in heaven where the angels are looking in, at the glory of God and they're saying, holy, 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 night and day, 24-7, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's worthy, He's worthy. And there in the midst of the praise is where the habitation of God is. Now what does the Word tell us? God inhabits the praises of His people. So here the cherubim are showing us that they're in the midst of their praise that where you can't see is the all-knowing, all-powerful, ever-present uh, uh, God Almighty, the Creator of heaven and earth. Why? Because of the praise. Let me tell you what. Now he's given us a voice of praise. He said, if you've got breath, you need to praise me. And it's not just so we get a sound going out. He said, the praise ushers in my habitation. And that word in the Hebrew habitation is yasha. It's a covenant word. It's a word like in marriage covenant where the man and woman get married and they move together, move in together. They're in covenant. They're looking out for each other. They're working to build their future together. And everything that is his is her and everything that is hers is His. God says, I marry you. I'm moving in covenant. And everything that is mine is yours. My power is yours. My glory is yours. My holiness is yours. My righteousness is yours. My healing power is yours. My power to get wealth is yours. It's all yours because we're in covenant. And how do we usher in His glory? Through our praise. So we're the 21st century uh, Ark of the Covenant. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Do you not know that? That the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, the glory of God, the presence of God, the power of God dwells in you. Let us praise Him and get His presence around us so that if there's any false God that or anything the devil's trying to come and occupy our space, that it will have to fall and prostrate before Him so that His will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We've got to see that we're the box that now carries the glory of God. When Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm going to build my, my instrument that's going, my, that's going to carry my glory. He said, that's why he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you've been endued from on high with power. Because when the Holy Spirit comes, the presence of God comes, the glory of God comes, the power of God comes. We've got to see who we are, whose we are, and what is our role in this time. So it's not fighting with the arm of the flesh. What does Psalms 46 and 10 says? Be still and know that I am God. So there may be some, some, some wrestling you're going through, some anxieties you're going through because you're trying to, trying to get the battle together like the Israelites did before David showed up. And they were intimidated and they didn't really think they could take the enemy on. But know this, that the bear has tried to take you out, but the glory of God delivered you from the bear. And there's been a lion. You may have not even seen that lion coming at you and tried to take you out, but the glory of God has spared you from the lion. And He's brought you to this day and this time and this season to be the box that now carries His glory before the covenant representatives of this earth that tries to say God is dead and God is a liar and God has no power and, and I'm here to rule and reign with sickness and disease and poverty and, and bondage and whatever else. And we need to rise up. We need to rise up as the box of God that now carries the glory of God. He said in Ephesians 6 and 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. He's telling you tonight, be strong in the Lord, not in your own strength. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the power of His might. It's not your might, it's His might. Be still and know that I am God. Let Him, let Him flow through you the box here tonight. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil cannot possess, the devil cannot take over unless we allow it. If there's any advancement of the kingdom of darkness on earth, it's because we're allowing it. If there's any advancement of the kingdom of darkness in our lives, we may not, I mean, we may just not know it, but we're allowing it. He says you need to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. 
For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and rulers of darkness in this age and against spiritual hosts of heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Church, we got to take up the whole armor of God that we want might be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to do what? To stand like the Ark of the Covenant stood and Dagon had to fall. We need to stand and we need to let the works of the enemy fall. Hallelujah. Stand therefore having girded your waist, waist with truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all, taking that shield of faith which you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Take on that helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Man, we need to learn to pray in the Spirit. That's warfare. We need to pray in the Spirit. You see what I'm saying? And no matter what is coming against you, no matter what is trying to occupy your space, he says, be anxious for nothing. But in all things, everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Hallelujah. So we cannot fight in the flesh. We have to learn to fight in the Spirit. And that Spirit is the Holy Spirit who does the fighting for us. All we got to do is make sure the box is releasing and carrying and, and releasing the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Man, I declare to you today that you're not going back to Egypt. You're not going back through the Red Sea. Come on now. You're not going to surrender to the giants. I, I decree it tonight. You're not going to surrender to Jezebel. You're not going to settle for Babylon and believe the lies of the Pharisees. You're not going to permit Judas's life uh, and uh, his lie to define you. And, and you can't do that. You are not to permit any of the circumstances that Satan is trying to bring to manifest in your life to go unchallenged. But you're to challenge them with the glory of the Lord. Let the glory of God be revealed and the power of darkness will be defeated. I believe as we gather here and the Lord continues to lead us up to the spring feast, we're going to be looking, uh, if the Lord should tarry, on how we can carry the glory. And what maybe we're doing that is, is veiling the glory or trying to silence the glory or trying to put the glory in bondage. Oh, that we can rise up and just learn to let the glory of the Lord that God has filled us with, with His presence, by the presence of His Holy Spirit, as they would bring in that ark that, that carried the presence of the Lord and if it went into, you know, David says, oh my, my, we're going to leave it over here in this house. And then he gets word back that that house is so blessed. They're so blessed. So he says, no, 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 we're going to go back and we're going to get it. We're going to bring it back. And you remember he's worshiping all the way back to Jerusalem, dancing, having, I mean, it was like every 17 feet. I forget the exact measurement. It was like every 15 to 17 feet he would have sacrifice. And they would worship as they're coming back into Jerusalem. Remember his wife, Michal, she looks and sees him without his uh, royal robes on dancing and she speaks disparagingly of that. And her womb is dried up and she's never loved. I mean, she's cut off. She cut herself off when she cut off from the glory of the Lord. And what David was celebrating was this box coming back into Jerusalem, the presence of the Lord. Oh, we're celebrating the in, ushering in of the glory of the Lord. Because he knew where the glory of the Lord was. Every stronghold and every live Satan and every demon and every enemy could not, could not defeat them with the glory of the Lord. The glory of the Lord made them victorious. The glory of the Lord made them healed. The glory of the Lord made them wealthy. The glory of the Lord made them walk in favor. He's like, man, it's something about the presence of God. When we got the presence of God, and now in this 21st century, we don't have this box anymore. 
We don't have this divine construct of something God has set up. Rather, we have divine construct of something God created with His own hand out of dirt. And He breathed in it His own breath of life, which is man. And He says unto you and He says unto me, do you not now know that your bodies now are the temple of the Holy Ghost? That the presence of God wants to dwell in you. The glory of God wants to come to this earth and, and, and cover this earth in and through you. And wherever the presence and the glory of God is, the Dagons, they have to fall. The, the, the strongholds have to be broken. Uh, the enemy's authority is removed. Uh, his, his activity is ceases because his hands are broke off. All because you usher in the glory of the Lord. What this earth needs to, to this day is for the church to realize that we are now the Ark of the Covenant. That we are the arcs of the covenants all around the globe. And that you and I as a temple of the Holy Ghost ushering in His glory is going to bring healing, is going to bring deliverance, is going to bring joy, is going to bring peace, is going to bring an anointing of heaven on earth, the will of God in heaven being done here on earth, the desire of God being manifested all around us. Not because of our might, not because of our strength, not because of our great wisdom, but because we are carriers in covenant with God, we are carriers of His, of His glory. And as this box had within it the miracle provisions of God and the miracle manifest of God, it had covering over it the representation of worship. Oh, we must let worship cover everything that we do. We must learn to give God the glory. We must get up in the morning and say, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. This is going to be a good day because this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day I'm going to walk in the supernatural divine manifest of heaven. I'm going to see His hand of glory. I'm going to see His hand of provision. I'm going to see His hand of protection. I'm going to see His hand of power in my life. And instead of picking up our Dagons and, and saying, well, here I am with sickness in my body. Here I am with pain in my joints. Here I am with, with still not enough. Here I am in lack. Here I am in want. Here I am in need. Here I am with, with all of this uh, pain and sorrow and negative stuff going on. Well, don't get up and, and set up the Dagons in your life. Because the Dagons we see in the Scripture, they cannot overcome what God has for us. And if God be for you, who can be against you? But Dagon can't stand himself up. He has to be set up by you. Oh, tonight you would see the Dagons of your life would have their heads broken off and their hands broken off. You're done with them. You're done with low living. You're done with defeated, being defeated. You're done living in sorrow and sadness and depression. You're done with a life of complaining and fault finding. Why did the fault finders and, the, and those murmuring in the wilderness so anger God? It's because they wouldn't see God as God. They wouldn't see Him. He could feed them every day with bread from heaven and they still couldn't recognize His power and His heart and His love to provide. They kept setting up their Dagons. Setting up their Dagons. Oh, tonight that we would say, you know, I'm going to make up my mind that I'm going to get up every day and I'm going to correct any incorrect thought or pattern of life. And I'm going to be a walking, talking Ark of the Covenant. I'm going to be a praiser. As these cherubim cover this Ark, I'm going to let praise cover because wherever there's the praise, God, Yashabs, He moves in. He comes into the praise. And I'm going to praise Him. In the midst of darkness, I'm going to praise Him for light. In the midst of pain, I'm going to praise Him to be pain-free. In the midst of sorrow, I'm going to praise Him for joy. I'm going to learn to praise Him and I'm going to usher in through my praise the glory of the Lord that's going to change my circumstances. The devil won't change my circumstances for good. And I can't change them for good, but God can. And everything the devil meant for evil, God turns it for good. So I'm going to just learn to praise Him. I'm going to praise Him for who He is. I'm going to praise Him for His great love. I'm going to praise Him for His great power. Amen? Amen. Let us be focused on ushering in the glory of the Lord. The manifest weight of His divine presence and power. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please?
Father, we stand here tonight. Lord, I believe as we receive encouragement and instruction and insight into what you want to do in these last days, I just pray now that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we'd make up our mind tonight, right now, with our heads bowed before you, Lord, standing in your divine presence, that we would make a decision tonight. God, we are going to serve you. We're going to love on you. We're going to praise you. We're not going to let curses and we're not going to let death come out of our tongue. But Lord God, we're going to let your life, we're going to let your righteousness, and we're going to let your blessings come forth. And Lord, we're going to usher your glory into our space so that if there's any Dagons that have tried to erect themselves around, that they too will fall off. Chains will fall off. You said this anointing, this anointing would lift the burden and destroy the yoke. Let this anointing, God, that comes from your glory, God, just take every burden off of us tonight because we know now that it's okay, that you've already taken care of it. And we're just ushering in your glory. Hallelujah. And let this anointing destroy the yoke that has been holding us back that we would step forward with boldness to say, my calling is to usher in, to preserve and carry and release the glory of the Lord. So Lord, make us carriers of your glory. Glory carriers from this night forward that we would take your presence and your power everywhere we go. Lord, we dedicate Come on, just tell him, Lord, I dedicate and I consecrate myself to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 You received that? You received that? Amen.